It's great that you are here this evening. My name is Len, married to Maria, here in the front, uh, part of Liberty for, since, since the start, so quite a few years. Um, and we love it. We are, sorry, I'm just moving things around. So, sorry? Uh, almost, almost. I'm just trying to see. <laughs> um, part of Liberty for quite a few years, and it's a joy. It's a joy to see how God works among us and uh, how he's adding people to us and uh, that we are growing as a church. It's just wonderful to see. We are in Matthew 6. Uh, we're doing a series over the summer on the Lord's Prayer. And um, I'm not sure who was there the last two weeks. Oh, not many of you, but you, you, for, the, for the others, you, you really missed something because I think it's a great series so far. It's, when, when you, this, this prayer, everyone probably knows but to explore the, riches, the richness in there and the depth in there is just incredible. Um, so Matthew 6, verse 5, I'll just pray the whole prayer and then we're going to focus on uh, the line, give us our daily bread. So uh, Tim Jones two weeks ago spoke on uh, hallowed be your name. Um, do we put him on the first Play. Make, do we make him uh, the one that's holy or is he just good or is he just the, the guy who gives you wisdom in life and how to deal with things or is he really the God that is holy that has the first place in your life? A good question to ask. And last week Steve Wolford, both from CCK, we were really blessed to be part of a bigger family of churches uh, and in particular work together with CCK in Brighton and they served us so well over the last few weeks. Uh, so Steve Wolford was preaching on your kingdom. Um, what it is like, it's, it's, it's not yet, but we can, we, we can already experience what it is like to live in his kingdom. Um, so let's, let's start in verse five. And when, are the, are the words on the screen? No. So you really need to listen to, to me. You can't, or, or you need to have a Bible. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and all at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees you, who is in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up with empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's just come to him in prayer and invite him to come. Lord, we want to glorify you this evening during the time of worship as we sing about your blood and how it changed our life. We, we, We can do one thing and say you are worthy. You are worthy of all glory and honor and praise. Lord, we want to glorify you this evening, Lord. It's all about you. Let every word that comes out of my, my mouth, Lord, glorify you. Give you worship, Jesus. You are so worthy. We invite you to come, Holy Spirit. Open our hearts, open our minds to see uh, yeah, this truth being revealed in our, in our lives, Lord. We, we, we just want you, more of you. We want more understanding of who you are. Lord, we, uh, we are hungry and thirsty for you. Amen. Amen. Uh, a few weeks ago, my sister was over to, to visit us, and she uh, showed us a video. Maybe, maybe you've seen a, a similar video, but it's around 18 years ago, and they introduced the mobile phone. And they did this interview, actually in Amsterdam, asking people uh, about the mobile phone. So the, the question actually was, do, do you consider uh, to buy a mobile phone? And, and, the, and the answer, it, it varies in different ways. Well, a few answers were, no, why, why would I need a mobile phone? Why would I need it? I mean, when I'm cycling, I don't, I don't want someone to call me. Or when I'm traveling in the train, why, why, why would I, I need a phone? And, and one response was this, I have a phone at home, so if people want to call me, they call me when I'm at home. And if I'm not home, they can send me a letter. 18 years ago, what we think we need, because I think when you do a similar interview now, maybe with the same people, that that their answers will be very, very different. So our needs change. It changed because of a lot of things that that come to us and technology and, and all that stuff. And our needs grow with it. It's constantly changing. And actually, there are two facts uh, that we're going to look at this evening. And one of those two facts is people will always be in need of something. We are a people that are in need. And it's not weird because we are created that way. We, we are people that are in need. When we look at God, God has always been the one that is the provider. And he's always willing and wanting to provide for you. The only thing is, in the beginning of creation, God and man had this beautiful relationship, this fellowship of God constantly providing. And the people, they had their needs, but they knew God, God will meet our needs our deepest need every day. They were totally trusting him. They were totally dependent on him. And uh, probably you know the story of, of human actually sinned against God. There was this, uh, and, and God said, they, they, they had this, uh, this tree was in the garden and God said, don't eat the fruit of that particular tree um, because, you know, it, it, uh, uh, that's forbidden. They did. They sinned against God. 
why they were actually separated. And what, what actually happened is when they took that, that fruit, they actually said, hey, God, I know that you are the one that will meet my needs, but I, I believe that I can find a way to meet my own needs. It's like you, you can almost see it, for example, a, a, a pub in Amsterdam, always using the same brewery. The, they, they are the supplier. They are the one that always makes sure they have enough beer in the fridge. And one day they start to make their own beer. And still, this, because they have this contract, still they're coming and they say, oh yeah, put that in the corner. We make our own beer now. And it's a little bit, it's, it's a disturbed relationship. God's still wanting to provide for you, still want to meet your need. And we actually say, oh, you know, God, I, I've tried to find my own way. I've tried to, to provide uh, what I need myself. Thankfully, straight away, God started this plan to restore that relationship. But the thing is, they were, in the beginning, they were totally dependent on God. Now we actually try to find our own way. We try to be king in our lives. That, that, that's how our society is at the moment. Everything we do and everything society comes with is to meet your need. Advertising on television, it will all say the same thing. If you have this, it will make this better in your life. It will do that. It will uh, make, you, uh, make you this, or it will improve your career, or whatever. Even our choices in careers, study, it's, it's just to meet something of a need in ourselves that we want to explore things. So God is still willing to provide because that's his character. God is a provider. And that is his plan actually to restore this relationship is through Jesus. So Jesus is the one that came to this earth, what we sung about, to die on the cross so he could restore this relationship between us and the Father so we would be able to see to, to have the provider again in our lives and the one that meets our needs. And now Jesus is teaching us this prayer to ask God to give us our daily bread. And this, in these days, it's probably a quite unusual thing to ask for daily bread. So how do we need to translate this? I mean, in that time, bread was a big thing. Bread was, one, it was just uh, a big thing because it kept you alive, just the physical need of bread, but also uh, a symbolic thing. Bread was big. Um, in the time that, that God's people were delivered from Egypt, they, they start to ha have communion, to share communion. Why? To remember how God delivered them out of Egypt. To rem and, and they did that with bread. Bread has a big is a big thing in, in the Bible. You can see it everywhere. So is there a reason why Jesus uses the word bread? In that context, I believe so, because it makes sense for the people at that time. But it can make sense for us as well. So it's physical. God cares about our physical need. How can we, how can we see that? It's in Matthew 6, verse 25. 
And Jesus talks about how God cares for his creation. And then he said, even when the birds will, will have enough, how the more will your father feed you? So even when he feeds the bird, you are, you are of much more value to him than birds or, or other animals. He created you in his image. You are the one that's most precious to him. So he is wanting and willing to, to provide for you in your physical need. And that's not that we can just walk around and be lazy and think, oh, if you provide what I need, okay, I, I just can sit. No, from the beginning of creation, actually God said, hey, I, I make you responsible for the things I give to you. So that includes work and that includes a lot of different things. But it's the, just the, the certainty and security that he will provide, that he will meet uh, your need, your physical need. So, and why is it spiritual? So, physical needs, spiritual needs. Why is it spiritual? Matthew 4, verse 4, that's, that's Jesus again. He is uh, in the desert, tempted by uh, the devil. And the devil actually says to him, he's there for fasting and prayer, to spend time with the Father. And the devil actually said, you know, Jesus, I know you're hungry and you want food and uh, do you see these stones? But you are God, so you can turn these stones into bread. And he can, because he's God. And then Jesus says this particular thing, men shall not live by bread alone. So why would Jesus include the word bread in a prayer that we pray, when he, when he before that time, he, in, in chapter four, he actually said, we don't live by bread alone. So it's not a big deal. Bread is not the thing we actually need. So why does he use it? But then we read John chapter 6, 35. And that gives, for me and I believe for you as well, a much deeper meaning to the word bread. In John 6, verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So it's wonderful, the different meaning, meanings of bread that Jesus uses, that makes this prayer actually, um, actually wanting to look into it more, uh, uh, more and deeper, and to, to know what, what does Jesus actually mean here? What does he want to teach? And I'm not, I'm not really, uh, I, I look at Cody because I know he is into this Bible theology stuff. Great, wonderful. So I'm going to look at him if he's responding now. Because I'm not. But I studied this. The word for daily in Greek is epiosius. I'm not, is, it, is that the word, is that the, the, how do you say it? Epiosius, epiosius, epiosius. <laughs> but the meaning of epiosius, so the word for daily is epiosius. And the way you can translate this word can also have the meaning, give us today the bread of tomorrow. And that makes this prayer, this line, totally different. 
So it's something, it's, it's translated in the, in the Bible as physical need, just the things we need. It's translated as uh, Jesus being the bread of life. And it's, it's translated of, in, in uh, what did I say just now? Give us today the bread of tomorrow. So give us a taste of what it is like tomorrow. It's almost like the, the real translation, the Greek tra- translation is saying, hey, this prayer today, Lord, we want to we wanna taste what it is like to be with you in eternity. We want to have a taste of what it is like to live life in your kingdom. That's what actually Steve Wolford was sharing last week, that we can experience his kingdom on this earth. It's not there to the full. We're going to experience that in our future. But we can have a taste of it now. So Epiosius in Greek, that gives, gives that beautiful translation of it is a taste for something that's not yet, but we can, we, we can have a taste of it. It gives a much deeper de- meaning to it. So coming back to the prayer, God wants you to ask him for providing in your need. Where in nature, in the nature, because we, when we are born, we are uh, inheritance of Adam. So in our nature, we actually say, no, Lord, we want to figure it out ourselves. We want to try to find a way to provide for this need. But not always we see that God provides in the way we are praying for. How come? You know, very often I've prayed many prayers like, God, oh, please do this. God, I, I want a new job. This, this particular job, it would be great because it, it gives me possibilities to just do more in the church. It gives me possibilities to be in, in the city of Amsterdam, to uh, really, you know, to get in relationship with other Amsterdamers. It, it would be great if I have this job. And then finally I, I get this email, sorry, you're not the one. Why God? What's the matter? I ask for, I ask for this thing. God doesn't always provide in what we are praying for, but how come and how can we deal with that? That's why actually what Tim Jones was sharing two weeks ago and Steve, and I'm gonna look back a little bit to what they say, because it's so important. There is a reason why this prayer is built up like that. And he didn't start with, so when you pray, pray like this, give us our daily bread. And then, hello be your name. It's, there is a reason why he did it this way. First of all, hello be your name. What, what Tim Jones was sharing, I, I said it in the beginning of, uh, of this time, but what, what, what Tim was sharing about is hello be your name, to see God as holy, to see him as he is. And my question to you this evening, Do you know the one you're dealing with? Do you know God? Do you have this relationship with him? I compare it with a relationship you can have with just other people. I mean, when you are in need of something and you think, hey, I just need to talk with someone about it, you will be very 
particular and thinking of a person that knows you, but also someone you know, you know, you know very well. Because when you have that relationship, you know when you come and share it to this person, he knows exactly what you're talking about because he knows what's going, uh, what's going on in your life. But you also know that it, it's, there is security and you also know that when this person advises you, that you think, yeah, that, that's something I can use because you know, you, you know him, you know, that, you know him or her, or her, you know that person, so you know what you can expect. And often that's quite different in the way we approach God. We, we, we don't spend that much time in getting to know him, just reading this word and start to pray, come, come Lord, reveal yourself, reveal who you are, I want to know you. No, we, we, quite soon we come with petitions. Lord, do this in my life. Lord, I want to see more of that. I want to get to know him. Get to know him. That's so important. Secondly, and that's what Steve Wolford was talking about last week. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. So you're building this relationship with God. You get to know him. You know the one you're dealing with. You know his heart desires. You know his plan. His, his, his plan for, for, for this city. His plan for your life. Because a lot of things are just written in this word. There are a lot of promises in what he wants to do in your life. And through your life. So in, in some ways, in getting to know him, you know exactly what he wants for you. And you know exactly what... Uh, uh, what your need is actually, because it's written in here. And by spending time with him and, and asking him, God, let your kingdom come, is first of all, let his kingdom come in your life. That's, it also includes his power, the Holy Spirit at work in your life, to, to, to actually say, okay, Lord, from this day, I'm, I'm trusting you again, I'm, I'm giving that control over to you again and saying, I'm not the one that decides uh, and, and, and that tries to provide what I need, but I give it back to you and say, Lord, what do I need? What, what do I actually need? And if that's what I need, please provide in what I need. Let your kingdom come, come with power, come, let, 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 me, let me see what you want to do in me and through me. And then that second bit, and, and your will, let your will be done. If we know God, if we build this relationship with him, if we ask for his kingdom to come in our lives, in this city, in this nation, in this world, to see more of his kingdom, like Steve Wolford was sharing this testimony of him praying at the desk of his colleague, let your kingdom come. And years later, he, he heard that, that she gave her life to Jesus, and she said, yeah, I'm, I'm trusting him now. It, that, that's a wonderful way how God works. So that, that's, some, that's the way to start. Build relationship with him. Ask for his kingdom to come in your life and in others. And your will be done. If we understand this, we start to understand God's will. And suddenly, in my own experience, is. When I have a season of a brilliant prayer life, and not that I always have a brilliant prayer life, I struggle with it quite a lot. 
But I know, and, and that sometimes we, we know a lot, and we, but we're not always doing it for, for several reasons. But when I have a great prayer life, when I think, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get to know God, I'm starting uh, to ask for his kingdom, I start to see in, in his perspective again, my needs change. Actually, priorities in my life change. When I'm constantly talking about Maria, about we're going to do this with our house because it raises the value, and then this year we're going to do that, and, and uh, I'm, I'm probably even going to start studying, and, and I want to do that. Probably she knows, maybe you need to spend a little bit more time with, with God. Maybe you really need to spend some time hearing what he wants. Because all these things start to get out of nothing, getting priority in my life, and I'm trying to provide in my own need, and my needs are totally different because suddenly I see in my house, I'm, I'm thankful for a roof uh, over my head, but suddenly I see this house as, a, as my big project in, in life that absolutely, that's, that's almost the biggest need I ever had. When we start praying and when we start asking him, start getting to know him, our needs are going to change. Our priorities are going to change. We're going to see things in a God perspective. And his will actually becomes our will. Most of the time we say, let, let my will be, be done, God. But it changes when we start to know him. It changes. No, no. It's the other way around. Let your will be done. And it doesn't always mean that he will provide in the things you need or you think you need. He will provide in the things you need, but not always in the things you think you need. So how to deal with that? Sometimes, and, and I hear that phrase quite a lot, and I studied it a little bit through, because how can we be Christians, and how can we be a church that's radical and that's trusting him for big things? Because often, and we are humans, so often it can turn to disappointment and anger. I, I even hear sometimes, oh God, I'm disappointed in you. Oh God, I'm angry with you. And I studied this. Is that, is that, an, is that actually... Is that the right attitude to have? And so I, I looked at the Bible and I looked to different commentaries about that. And is it biblical? Yes, it is. Because people were, in, in, when we look at the Old Testament, people were struggling with God and, 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 and see, Lord, where, where are you at? And they were struggling with him. The only difference is because after Jesus dying on the cross, I haven't seen it again in the word of, of people struggling with him. Why? And his disciples as well, they suffered big time. They suffered big time. But they knew one thing, and, and this is the thing, and I want us to understand that. If you forget all the rest, I want you to understand this bit. God provided in your biggest need. So everything you need or you think you need is just here. 
And that's from the beginning, what I was telling about the, uh, in the beginning of my, of my message about the, the beginning of creation, that God created us, and that we actually went the wrong way. God sent his son. He gave his son. Like John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Do we realize that? Do we realize that God provided in your biggest need and that all other things are just here? It, it, it isn't that big. And, and that doesn't make the character of God different. It, it still makes him the provider. He, st he still wants to meet your need, your daily need. He still wants to meet your physical need. He still wants you to ask him for a lot of things. God loves when you come and ask him things. Why? Because it shows your dependency on him. And that's, that's what he wants. He wants this fellowship. He wants this relationship. When we say, God, I don't know, I come to you because... I just want to see you at work in my life. I don't want to figure out it, uh, all things myself. I don't want to, uh, to think about what is the best career step. I want your peace in my heart about certain things. Do you have peace in your heart in, in, in what you're doing? Sometimes we try to decide things too quickly. I once had a, a moment that, again, I didn't pray at that time, but I, I, I knew one thing that I wanted a new job. And, uh, and uh, actually, I got quite far. You know, they, they finally said, hey, you're the one. We're going to bring you on board. We're going to send you the contract, and it will all be fine. And on a, on a Saturday, I received this contract, and I, I looked at Maria. I said, I'm not sure. I don't get... I'm just struggling with signing this thing. I'm not sure. It's financially it's good. It gives me lots of opportunities, but I'm not sure. And then I realized I'm starting to try, try to find my own solutions. You know, yeah, I want a new job, Lord. And, and I believe that he wants, you know, that's the thing. I believe that God wants me to take a new step. But he also wants me to wait and, and be patient and to really trust him. So I didn't sign the contract. I phoned them on Monday. It was a very embarrassing phone call. Sorry, uh, it was great to, to spend some time with you, but I'm not taking the job after all. Because I, I just struggled. I didn't get peace over it. You know, sometimes when you just need to make big decisions or when you think, hey, I'm in need of something, just ask him. But it asks also an attitude of, Lord, I want to be dependent. I want to wait. Can we still wait? Can we still wait on God? Can we still wait on God to move in our lives? Can we still wait on him? We, we are, as a church, we are in this great city. And we, quite often we have prayer meetings and we just hear these big prayers, this big vision. And it's not that the next week it doesn't happen that we all say, God, what's happening? No, we, we, we're totally trusting him that he's going to do great work. And the thing is, we already, over the last few years, we've seen God's 
provision in so many things that we can be so, so thankful. But we know that God wants more. And sometimes for us it's just, Lord, it's time we want to wait on you. We don't want to take steps before we really know that you are in this. God wants to provide in your life. But he, always, he, he already has provided in your biggest need, and that is Jesus. He provided in a savior. And let's rejoice in that. And, and maybe, maybe you, you are here and you don't know him at all. But you still, you, you, you can engage with what I'm saying and struggling in some things and having needs and, and, and wanting to see things changing, being changed in your life. Jesus, Jesus can do that. And he wants to meet your need. And he wants to, uh, he, he knows you, he knows you, but he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him as, his, as a savior, as a friend. So if you're here and you say, yeah, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him this way. Maybe, maybe you're still discovering. And maybe it's a step for you to take this evening that I say, yes, I want to know you. I want to know you, Lord. And that opportunity is, is tomorrow, it's next week. But if you, are, if you are ready tonight, just take that step. Come to us for prayer, but we'd, we'd love to help you in that. So let's stand. Matt's going to lead us in communion. But uh, I, just, I just pray and I give it over to Matt. Lord, what a fantastic news is that, Lord, that you met our need. You met our deepest need, and that's the need of a savior. When every day we mess up and we make uh, wrong decisions, you are there and you stand there with open arms. And your grace is there. Your forgiveness is there. And thank you for your, for your love, Lord. Thank you for this rescue plan that from the beginning that you knew, yeah, I'm going to give my most precious thing. I'm going to give my son to die on a cross so that I can restore this relationship. We're so thankful, Lord, for that, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you help us in growing our prayer lives, to grow this relationship with you, Jesus, to grow this relationship with you, Father, that we get to know who you are, that we know you more and more. For the coming weeks, I pray for just uh, a breakthrough in many situations. If we are dealing with sickness, if we are dealing with unanswered prayer, Lord, I pray that a few things will happen that you, that, that you will answer them, that you will provide, that you will bring healing, that you will bring breakthrough. But above all, I want you, Lord, to just fill us with your Holy Spirit and let us rejoice in the great news of your, uh, that, that you are the one that saved us, that we didn't deserve it, but you, Lord, you gave your own life so that we can have eternal life in relationship, a restored relationship with you, Father. Amen.